Do you have neuroinflammation? Do you care about somebody impacted by Lyme disease or pans and pandas and are wondering just how you can help their brain and body? Well, you need to understand how magnesium and other integrative treatments can help them heal. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're talking to my friend and colleague, Dr. Darren Angles, and we're going to dive into what is pans and pandas, toxins and infections, and how all these things cause neuroinflammation, and what are integrative treatments. We're actually going to talk about magnesium, how it helps the brain, but we're going to talk about mold, and we're going to talk about some other therapies that you may not have explored. So let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of It's Going to Be Okay with Dr. Roseanne. And this is part of my commitment to supporting parents like me and you who have a kid with pans and pandas. And we're talking about magnesium and pans and pandas. And yes, we're going to dive into some really research-based integrative therapies. And you want to stay tuned for this episode because it's important. And I have a very special guest. You know, I don't have a lot of guests. It's me gabbing all the time. But I have Dr. Darren Angles. He's a naturopathic physician, and he has really made a commitment to supporting people with infectious disease, toxic triggers, pans, pandas, Lyme disease. And he really is doing some wonderful therapies. And we've had the privilege of supporting and helping kids and families heal. So welcome, Dr. Darren Angles. I'm so grateful for this conversation. Oh, well, it's my absolute pleasure to join you, Dr. Rosanna. I appreciate it. So let's just jump in and let's talk about all things PANS, ways to support the nervous system, the brain, the body, and, you know, get these infections and toxins out. As you and I talk about, there's no single way. And that's why we have these conversations. And I want to talk a little bit about magnesium. And, you know, so many nutrients get depleted when somebody has infections and toxins in their system. So my question is, why does this happen? Why do so many nutrients get depleted in the body when somebody is dealing with infections and toxins? Well, I mean, let's, you mentioned magnesium. Let's talk about magnesium first. You know, I don't think people realize magnesium is the most highly utilized nutrient in the body, which means you're going to burn through it the fastest. It's involved in almost every single metabolic pathway as a cofactor. It's involved in energy metabolism. It gets sucked in with inflammation. It's involved in muscle contraction. I mean, it goes on and on. So it's really easy when you have changed something in your body, either metabolically or inflammatory, that your body's going to start burning through that magnesium at a faster rate. And if you look again at all the things that magnesium is involved in, you can imagine you're not going to sleep as well. Your, your motor function is not going to be as well. Your, your thinking is not going to be as good. You know, all these things at some level require a little bit of magnesium for that process to happen. So, you know, I think I put magnesium at the top of the list because it's going to be the one that's going to be most susceptible to being depleted. And then beyond that, I mean, you can get into other nutrients, you know, B vitamins, you know, B5, B6, you know, these again, also involved in energy and metabolism. 
other nutrients, again, really depending on diet. You know, it's interesting when you look at a lot of the research on, you know, our food supply. You know, we know that we've used so many chemicals on the environment, you know, pesticides and herbicides, that it depletes a lot of nutrients out of the soil. So, you know, you may be thinking you're eating this very well-rounded, healthy diet. And in reality, you're not really getting all those nutrients your body needs to function on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, you can imagine if you live in 2024 these days where everyone's kind of stressed out and on the go, you know, there's a higher nutritional need. And yet our food supply isn't quite meeting that need. You know, look at like your trace minerals, things like selenium. You know, if you live in the Midwest, almost all the selenium is depleted out of the soil. And we depend on, you know, the, the food, you know, taking that nutrient up in the soil and then we eat it. And that's how we get the nutrient. So if it's not in the soil, it's not in the food we're eating. So selenium and zinc and silicon and boron and some of these trace minerals, again, I think are also high at risk of being depleted because they're just not in our food supply to the levels that they used to be maybe, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago. It's so important you're bringing this up because I think you're probably like me. Is this one of the most common questions that you get? Like, why do I have to take a supplement? I'm a decent eater or I'm a really good eater. And you just nailed it. We're just depleted. Even the American Medical Association came out and said every adult should be taking a multivitamin. They didn't say why, but I mean, we know the reality is that, again, it's it's a function of our food supply. And I have a lot of patients that are very conscientious eaters and sometimes will do nutritional evaluations. It's like, hey, you know, you're actually still a little bit low in you know, one of these nutrients. And they look dumbfounded because like, well, wait, I, I very, you know, I pay attention to what I eat. I make sure I get mm-hmm. macronutrients and I have diverse amount of foods, but they still end up with this net deficit. It's really important sometimes to know the people at least take a multivitamin and often we're needing to add other things depending on what that person's need is. Yeah. And these are people with good health, right? For the most part. And so when you have clinical conditions like pans and pandas, you're absolutely right. And in fact, you know, I know that a lot of times they do show up low in magnesium and zinc and other, you know, really um, important minerals for the body to operate. And it's surprising. What are some of your, you know, each there's all different forms of magnesium and they're important for different things. What do you feel like are some of your go-to forms of magnesium to support the pans, pandas, Lyme disease, infectious brain? Yeah, I mean, I've really been favoring magnesium three and eight. You know, this particular form of magnesium's got research that, you know, it seems to penetrate the blood-brain barrier better than other chelated forms of magnesium. You know, there's a ton of research on magnesium citrate. It's very inexpensive and it's easy. But I think, you know, particularly for pans, for any kind of neural inflammation, for any kind of you know, neurological issue, the magnesium three and eight is probably the better form. Yeah. And that's we have a neurotastic formula because it's really helpful. We have glycinate in there, too. And we put the most bioavailable forms. And I just find that it calms the fire down, Darren. So many kids brains, you know, even if you have a kid who, you know, has pans, but maybe it's more neurocognitive and not neuropsychiatric. I mean, it just improves brain functioning, you know, and in a way that nothing else does. And sometimes really quickly too, you know, when you're looking for quick relief, it's not always that case and you need consistency. This isn't, people always say, how long should I take this? And it's like, stay on it. It's working. Well, I mean, the good news with magnesium too, you know, I I get this question a lot from some of my patients about, well, is it going to be toxic? Is it going to be dangerous? Am I going to get too Mm -hmm. much? You know, fortunately with magnesium, there's a built-in mechanism that there's a threshold 
that if you start to get too much magnesium, it'll just run through you. You know, your body will dump it before it allows it to get to a level of being toxic. So people will get loose stool diarrhea if they get too much magnesium. So you'll know if you're getting too much. Yeah. But I find for a lot of people, you know, they kind of need to go up to that threshold to really get the maximum benefit of the magnesium. And if someone's really having terrible insomnia or a lot of neuroinflammation, we find often that the higher doses are better than just giving people a little bit of magnesium. So I think right. it's okay to push the boundaries on that. And, and your body, like you said, will tell you and you you back down a little bit and you work up your dose you know when i started taking magnesium like 1400 million years ago that's what i had to do you know and now it's like everyone's like what magnesium do you take and i'm like what magnesium do i not take maybe except citrate i don't really need citrate and you are absolutely 100 right it is readily available and that tends to be the one people take and some people get a benefit. But if you're looking for a brain benefit, L3 and 8 really is the map daddy. And that's where you said the, the research is supportive of that and so many functions from, you know, attention and anxiety and autism. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. There's a lot of good research because it, it does cross that blood brain barrier to get into the brain. When we're talking about pans and pandas and we both really if you're supporting people with pans and pandas, you're going to be working with treatment resistant people or people who've had a lot of treatment failures because the path to getting support for pans and pandas is murky at best. Sometimes we have Google MD, typically moms, yeah. and they sort of get to the care quicker. But also sometimes wherever Google is leading you might not lead you to the right path. Right. And, you know, I recently had a family come out to me from sort of a Midwestern state. And in this state, their hospital system is not even allowed to discuss pans and pandas oh. with their patients. Curious. So, because they were medical providers and they came to me um, and told me this. And I thought, wow, that is criminal, right? You know, they're not allowed to diagnose it. They're not allowed to discuss it in their hospital system. It is, a, it is apparently some type of policy. And I thought, how terrible. So, you know, these people have to hop on a plane because they realized, you know, the traditional stuff, they gave it a go, helped to a point, antibiotics helping to a point, but it had been like 10 years on antibiotics and they've got to move on because they're like, we can't be on antibiotics for the rest of my life. So, and these are stories you and I hear in terms of getting help and realizing, okay, I've got to do something different. Maybe it's working or maybe I'm afraid of the results of being um, on antibiotics a long time. And I know Dr. Ingalls and I are not opposed to antibiotics. There is a time and a place for things, but we also know that there's a whole world out there. But what are some of the most common challenges that you are seeing with getting better? Well, that's a great question. You know, I think there's a lot of issues that come up in and around PANS. I think part of the issue, particularly those who are going down the conventional route, and again, I have no issues with using antibiotics, using IVIG when appropriate. But I think where people sometimes get stuck is that that's, that's the end. You know, that's all they're pursuing. And they're not looking at these other, you know, underlying root causes. And if, you know, we're practicing functional medicine, true root cause medicine, you got to keep digging deeper to figure out what's triggering that neuroinflammation. The antibiotics are killing some non-specific bacteria or bug. You know, the IVIG is modulating the immune system in some way. But I mean, how many times have you seen these people when they come off the antibiotics, come off the IVIG, you know, they relapse and they're kind of back to square one. Have we really, you know, cured the problem? 
And I've seen some people that do that and it seems like it does help them and they're done. But I've seen more people that it helps the symptoms, but it doesn't really get to the root of the problem. So in my world, you know, I, I was a clinical microbiologist before I was a doctor. So I'm always very interested at, you know, what bugs are triggers. They're not always bugs, but they're very common causes. And what's also interesting is that a lot of the microbes that trigger pans are part of your normal flora. You know, they're not necessarily something that's not part of you. So this idea that you're going to use antibiotics to kill something that's part of you, uh, if you think about it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, right? I mean, something like strep, you're never going to get rid of strep ever. You could bring the load down with antibiotics, but if it's part of you at some point, you will get, you know, re-inoculate and it will start to go again. So how do we retrain the immune system to stop reacting to something that's part of you? And, you know, one of the therapies that's really been, uh, I think, uh, a godsend in our practice for the last decade is something called LDI or low-dose immunotherapy. And it was developed by Dr. Ty Vincent. He's a medical doctor in Hawaii and, you know, doing a lot of work around the allergy field where, you know, we desensitize people against mold and pollen and food and things like that. You know, he realized that the mechanism was really the same. You know, it's like your body was treating these microbes like allergens instead of pathogens. So it's really engaging a completely different part of your immune system. And it's that part of the immune system that drives allergy and autoimmunity or this TH2, T helper cell 2 pathway. So he just started really playing around with what if I get an extract of dead strep and I dilute it and I give it to people, what would happen? I think his first case was a strep case and the child responded beautifully to it and his symptoms went away fairly quickly. So that sort of evolved into, hey, let's dig deeper. Let's go into the research. And there is a mound of research looking at how different microbes trigger various autoimmune conditions. So it's not just pans and pandas. I mean, we use it for MS and lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and Sjogren's and all these other things. So this capacity to use this therapy that I'll say is relatively benign. It can be really profound for people as a true way to retrain the immune system to stop really overreacting to, you know, this particular. There's so much to unpack about what you said, because, of course, you know, the Hodges, we tried LDI when it first came out and, you know, we did all kinds of things. I think it's surprising for people and, you know, people who listen or watch, you know, I have all kinds of people who are on the journey to natural solutions. So sometimes this is like groundbreaking. And I think LDI isn't something that people um, are talking a lot about. And I think physicians or aren't a lot of physicians like yourself who are using it. But really that idea that we have a lot of different bacterias, we have we can have parasites, we can have a lot of things in our system, but it's in balance, right? And um, I always talk about the study in Bologna, Italy, where they looked at the school children to see if they had tick-borne illness. And I think it was about 25% of those kids had spirochetes in their system with zero symptomatology. And it was sort of shocking to people. Like, why were they there? And why were they not sick, right? I don't think that ever 
got answered, but when in pans, talk a little bit about how the system turns on itself, right? Because an infection and toxin comes in, the body has a misdirected immune response, and then it just creates this, you know, storm where the body is um, all this inflammation. So explain that to people, because I think this is this is where there's so much misunderstanding about what happens and why does the body get stuck? Well, there's a concept in immunology called molecular mimicry. What that means is that when your immune system recognizes something foreign, it could be a bacteria, a virus, a yeast, a parasite, there may be something on the surface of that organism that is identical to something that's in your own tissue. So as the immune system starts ramping up to fight the bug, that particular little piece also, you know, it affects your other tissue. I mean, Lyme's a great example, Lyme disease. We know from the research that there is a cross-reaction between a certain epitope or a certain part of the Lyme organism that's found in the gray matter and the white matter of your brain. So when your body's trying to fight Lyme, it's accidentally attacking your brain. It's not intentional. It's sort of just an effect of that it has that similar structure. Then the immune system can't discriminate what's the organism and what's part of you. And so as you get higher immune activation, you get more, in this case, neural inflammation. So a lot of the neurological symptoms of Lyme disease isn't the organism burrowing through the brain, tearing it apart. It doesn't do that. It's this autoimmune reaction that the organism triggers. And the same thing with strep, you know, strep and rheumatic fever, rheumatic heart disease. It's that autoimmune reaction to, you know, the heart, to your skin that's causing these symptoms. So ultimately, it's, you know, this this similarity of, you know, these, these antigens that, that causes that reaction. I, I think what's, what we don't fully understand yet is why are we seeing so much more of this in Western culture relative to most places in Africa where, you know, autoimmune disease is virtually non-existent yet they're loaded with parasites. They still get infections. So why do we have this, you know, very profound difference in our immune responses you know, in the United States relative to other parts of the world. I don't think we fully understand that. Uh, I could speculate that it's probably a lot of chemical exposure in the environment that has altered our immune function. It is, say, maybe resensitized our immune system in a different way. You know, the truth is we really don't know. But And they have different stressors than us. Like, you know, we live in a very modernized world there are still parts of Africa that don't have the same kind of, you know, that people struggle to get water. So some of the basics aren't there, but you're right. Why does one culture, I definitely feel that, you know, access to quality foods, lower pesticides and stress, these are all factors in it that you see. And I do, you and I both work with people all over the world and I am getting in through the pandemic, I am getting a lot more people from Europe. Yeah. Um, and I would say that I never, I've rarely had people from Europe until the pandemic. And we also know that their, their levels of clinical mental health issues have increased dramatically during this time too. When we talk about LDI and how it supports, right? So understanding that it's about keeping balance and that, that idea of putting a little bit of something really essentially comes, am I wrong, that it's very similar to homeopathy? And how is it similar? How is it different in in how it supports the body? Because I love me homeopathy. I got it. Like there isn't a desk that doesn't have a vial of something next to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's really what we call no-so therapy. It, it is a type of homeopathy, really. 
And when you look at the dilutions we're using, I mean, most of them are in the true homeopathic range, which means, you no, know, technically there's nothing in there, right? But yet we see these profound differences between giving somebody a 12C and a 20C, you know, potency. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. Dr. Vincent, of course, the medical doctor who I, I don't think understands homeopathy in the way that someone who studied homeopathy does. So he thinks of it more, you know, like pharmacology that, the more diluted it is, the weaker it is. But we know in homeopathy, it's actually the opposite. The more mm -hmm. diluted it is, the stronger it gets. So what I've appreciated about LDI, though, is that, again, it's a relatively you know, safe, easy way to try to address this issue. Um, again, I know the way Dr. Vincent practices it, the way I practice it are quite different. The one thing that people need to be aware of with this therapy is that if you give the right antigen, at the wrong dilution, it can make things worse. And oh, we've been kids, there, Darren. Yeah, with with pants kids, you know, this is something we right. really don't want to do because it's a mess. And once you've given LDI, you know, the whole point about LDI is that we're trying to basically retrain T cells. T cells are part of the immune system that convey that information to the rest of the immune system to kind of like quiet down. Well, if we give a dilution and it backfires, we have to wait seven weeks because that's how long it takes to get the T cells out of circulation before we can start retraining a new group. So as a parent, as you know, it's very frustrating when you know you've given your child a dose, they flare, you know, it takes whatever you know means to get them kind of under control, but now you gotta wait another seven weeks to really try again. So, you know, Dr. Vincent often comes out with the perspective of like, let's give a higher dose, like a, a, a more concentrated dose to try and provoke you to see if it's even part of the problem where I've learned that it's better to no, start. No, we don't need that, Darren. Yeah, it's better to start a really weak dilution. Yeah. Work your way yeah. down. Because if you so, think about it mathematically, each 1C, you know, which is a 1 to 100 dilution difference, is only a 1% change. Statistically, if you go down by 1% increments, you're less likely to provoke the child. And then hopefully you'll land on that sweet spot. Walk people through the process because I'm understanding you because I went through it. What is it like? And, and you know, I'm going to always say this. This is, you know, Darren is Dr. Angles is an expert in this, right? He's been testing this. He's been working with this 10 years. And a lot of times we try to find people who are local and they don't have the experience, right? It's why everybody hops on an airplane and does a brain map with me and comes and does neurofeedback with me because I've worked with thousands of people, right? So you're just going to get a different level of care. So that's what happens when you go to Dr. Angles and when you're doing LDI and getting support in other ways, right? Because he doesn't just use this. He uses a lot of things. We, we both believe there's no single path. There's tools right. that we love. We see more results with, but we always start with what does that person need through whatever measures that we do? So walk people through it so they can have an understanding and, and a visualization of what it's like. Sure. Well, you know, we're always trying to figure out what's the trigger. And now testing sometimes will do that. If we do a blood test and we know you're positive for Lyme disease or Bartonella, you have a high ASO, which is a streptider. You've got an organic acid test that shows you've got high clostridia. You know, we can use this as a way to kind of figure out what's your exposure been. Now, I'll give you a great example, though, of how you can get bamboozled in this. So I know I practiced in Connecticut for almost 20 years, just down the road from you. And I had a, a child come in, eight years old, who had classic pandas, overnight OCD, anxiety, motor tics. And I did a blood test and his strep titers were through the roof. I'm like, classic pandas. 
And so we were treating, you know, doing other things, but I gave him a strap LDI, figuring it's got to be strap. It didn't do anything. And I cycled through several doses and it didn't really change. And then somewhere down the line, mom mentions to me, well, you know, he had Lyme disease four or five years ago, but he was treated. And as far as I know, he's fine. Mm. And I gave him the Lyme LDA. And I swear, Dr. Rowe, within 24 hours, all his symptoms completely went away. Amazing. And what's important about this, sorry to interject, is this happens all the time. Everybody always thinks there's one infection. And so when one infection comes, I say this, everybody else likes to come to the party. If that's been going on a long time, do you rarely find people with just one infection? It's rare. But I think his, his case illustrates, I think what happened is he had strep. But it was a catalyst. It was the strep that set the motion of that line that was sitting in the background to come Mm -hmm. forward. And that's really what triggered all that neural inflammation. So, you know, I I think it's just being mindful when we do these tests, we may or may not get the best information about what's actually, you know, triggering it. And having done this for a while, I can share with your audience, there's really five things that come up over and over and over and over and over. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. It's Lyme. It's strep, it's candida, it's mycoplasma, and it's clostridia. So if you did no testing at all between one of those five antigens, there's a very good chance you'd be able to figure out what's setting off, you know, the pans or pandas. And it's been, again, for some people, it's been really profound. Uh, I have another child I'm working with who lives up uh, in the Northeast and again, he was on antibiotics on azithromycin for years. And, you know, it kind of helped stabilize him, but he would go through these periods of depersonalization and mm. body pain and, you know, between the physical and the neuropsychiatric, you know, very tough for the family. And, you know, went to see a lot of, you know, people that we know who are, you know, experts at PANS, did a lot of supplements, did a lot of other things, and most of it would backfire. Most of it made him worse. And we started him on LDI again for Lyme. And it's completely stabilized him. And now we're starting to wean him off the antibiotics and he's holding steady. So again, it can be. I love to hear stories of healing because when we're in the, we're in the dark place as parents and we're spinning, hope is so important. And that's what our work is about. And there are paths. And I think this is such a deep conversation and I don't want to pass by it by saying that what you said is so important that Sometimes there's another infection in the history that we thought, okay, well, we address that, you know, it's whatever, but now we have this and, and that really can just be the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. But the real thing, it's the activation of the prior, you know, infection or, or again, a bunch of things sort of showed up at the same time. And everyone's always chasing those little things down. And I think it's important to understand what's there. But we also have to always, always say, hold on, let's take an aerial view. Let's back up and look at everything, not just this one moment. And um, that's why having a really good provider like Dr. Ingalls to get, you know, you can't get better if we don't really address what's there. We don't get to the root causes. Well, I mean, that's our goal. You know, sometimes we're successful, sometimes we're not, but we're always working towards really trying to understand what's going on with you specifically with your body that, you know, it's not functioning the way that it should. You know, I say this all the time. I'll I'll say it again. You know, I think the beauty of being human is again, it's built into our DNA to heal. 
that process is already inherent in our being, but there's something that gets in the way to stop that. So if it's neural inflammation, if it's a gastrointestinal problem, you know, what is it that's causing that inflammatory process? What is it that's, you know, perpetuating the cycle that you can't quite get out of it? And, you know, inevitably there's something, right? You know, we just have oh, to yeah. put on our detective hats and, you know, try and figure out to know what those pieces are. Hey, parents, looking to turn those stressful days into moments of calm focus? Well, that's exactly why I created Neurotastic Multimag Brain Formula. It's the brain booster that helps kids and parents stay centered and sharp. It's not magic, it's science, and it's just a spoonful away. Bring the balance with Neurotastic. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium to get special subscribe and save discounts with, of course, amazing gifts. DrRoseanne.com forward slash magnesium. I'm also seeing a lot more increases in people who aren't healing because of mold. Yeah. Um, and so few people address mold as terms of practitioners. And it often becomes at the end of this journey when they've gone to this practitioner who deals with infection and this infection, infection, infection. And then they're like, maybe there's mold. Can you talk a little bit about mold and how it blocks healing? Sure. Well, I mean, mold damage. So I think of mold really kind of in two different ways. You know, you can be exposed to a water damage building, you know, you get a leak in your roof, your basement, and you're not aware of it. And that water sits there for a long time. There are certain mold species that can grow and they can secrete these things called mycotoxins, mold toxins. And these mycotoxins are chemicals. So when you breathe in these mycotoxins, they are fat soluble, which means they go to the fatty parts of your body. Well, your brain, your nervous system is a big blob of fat. So for people that have, you know, extensive water damage that don't know about it, could start having all sorts of various neurological symptoms and sometimes respiratory symptoms. Now, you can also become allergic to mold spores, which is an immune reaction when there's mold spores in the air. And that can be anytime it rains, anytime it's humid. That's a little bit of a different issue. But between mycotoxicity, mold allergy, that can create a lot of neurological symptoms. And molds, mycotoxins themselves are immune suppressive. So you can imagine if you've already got pans, you've already got this sort of you know autoimmune thing going on. Now you get that mold exposure. Well, now we've monkeyed with your immune system in a, in a different way. We're now added another toxin to your, your load that we're trying to deal with. And it just seems to make a mess out of everything. And then the problem with a lot of people too with mold is that they don't know they have exposure. You know, no, they don't. I, I walked Until through they my house tearing up walls, right? Right. You know, people say, I walked through my house, I didn't see anything, there's no mold. Or I've had you know, even mold inspectors come in, walk through someone's house, do a visual inspection, say, I didn't see anything. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean anything. You know, most people have mold that's in the walls, it's in the attic. You know, it's usually in places you can't see, you can't smell, you don't know it's there until you get a professional come in and actually test and then go, oh, yeah, you know, we found out that your basement's loaded or there was one wall behind the kitchen sink that was loaded with mold and it continues to spew those mycotoxins. And again, if you're sensitive in that way, it can make you really, really sick. Are you using LDI for people with mold exposures as well? Because mycotoxins are chemicals, it's not an immune problem. It's direct effect of a chemical damaging tissue. LDI doesn't work for that. We use it for mold allergy. 
but not for mycotoxicity. For mycotoxicity. Yeah, and there's an overlap. I've known people to use it for mold allergy. That's why yeah. I asked the question. So, um, because obviously, you know, when I work, with, we both work with people who are at different phases in their health journey, crisis, sort of stable, but just at a crisis. And then people who are actually probably, you know, in a 70 to 90 percent range who want to really get to 100 percent. Right. Which we both believe is possible. The body, there's lots of ways to work within the body. And and when you address some the you know, the root causes, stress, detoxification, you know, you get those things working. The body really has an ability to heal itself. Right. Um, you know, when it comes to mold, how do you support people with with mold? I mean, do you recommend they get tested? Like, what are some of the processes that you help people with mold? Well, 90% of mold treatments getting out of the environment. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, I, I run into a lot of people that for you know whatever reasons, they just can't, they can't get out of the environment. It's very hard to treat mycotoxicity when you're living in toxic soup. So for people who are, I mean, you're using good heart, good quality air filters can help at least reduce the load inside while you're working on hopefully getting the place remediated. Uh, there's things we can do to help mobilize mycotoxins out of tissue. I'm a huge fan of sauna. I think sauna is one of the most efficient, effective I love it too. to get rid of not just mycotoxins, but you can get rid of lead and mercury and pesticides and herbicides and all sorts of chemicals. And there's a lot of great companies now that make portable saunas that don't take up a lot of real estate. I think it's a worthy investment. And then the whole family gets to enjoy using it. Uh, there's other nutrients we can use. You know, glutathione is often an important nutrient of mobilizing mycotoxins out of tissue. Sometimes we'll use things like binders to help, you know, bind up whatever toxins being excreted. Although, you know, the longer I practice, the less binders I use. I find that fiber is the best natural binder and just adding more fiber to your diet for most people is enough versus getting into the activated charcoal, bentonite clay, zeolite kind of stuff. But And there's you know, great products that you can add to a smoothie if your kid's a smoothie drinker. And, you know, I feel like you can put a lot of things in a smoothie. Whenever I have a kid who doesn't do a smoothie, I'm like, darn, I make that like, I call it the phase two goal. You know, I'm like, let's calm their nervous system down. Then phase two, let's get a smoothie in there and maybe some bone broth. Yeah, well, supplements can be really helpful. But again, you you can't out supplement a toxic environment. And, yeah. No, uh, I think that's important. And you're, you know, you're right, Darren, that, you know, some people, you know, I had a friend who, you know, was like, we have to remediate the mold and then we have to sell this place before we get out. We cannot yeah. get out. And they just try to, you know, they try to, they didn't have family. So they were able to do it, sell it in good consciousness. They remediated it and they moved to another state. Well, you know, I live in California and we have a huge problem. It's funny, you know, having lived in Connecticut for almost 20 years and then coming to California, you know, I kind of expect in Connecticut, there's a lot of really old buildings, right? You know, sure. I mean, Fairfield where I live was, you know, established in 1642. So having 300, 400 year old homes is kind of normal. You expect mold, right? At some point, something leaked. But I have had more problems here in California. And a lot of it's just about the construction. You know, they I was going to say, is it that the construction isn't as solid? Yeah, they, they build these track homes. It's about getting the job done quickly. Some plumber just didn't tighten the nut or seal a pipe properly. And then you end up with some little drip. I have a patient out here who lives in a three-year-old home. We'll call that new construction, right? Yeah. They spent $100,000 remediating their home because they've had three oh. separate mold uh, or leaks in their house that caused extensive damage. And their daughter, who's, you know, at the time was, I think, six years old, would break out in hives. 
And it took us a while to figure out it was actually mold. And the funny thing, while the family was remediating the house, they went on vacation to Hawaii. They stayed in a horribly moldy hotel in Hawaii. And the poor girl just busted out in hives and oh, kind of no. ruined her vacation. And I said, well, I, I know it ruined her vacation, but we've now again just kind of proven we know that mold is her trigger. And in some weird way, her skin's going to be a barometer when you get that that mold yeah. you'll know. Um, Absolutely, for sure. And I know you do use a variety of tools, but you also work remotely with people in California. So, you know, you're, he's Dr. Angles is able to work with patients um, using LDI. It's for me, you know, you're one of my go-to providers for people because you have a compassion and an understanding. And I believe wholeheartedly that you have to have a lot of compassion because it's so hard for parents who are in this situation and, and the paths to take. And, and, you know, again, there's no one direct path, but LDI is something that is more gentle. And I don't see people terribly react. Like I, my max reacted at the time. It was a novice MD doing it and it helped her cure, you know, really cure her Lyme. She spent 20 years trying to figure out what was wrong with her. And she kept being told it was arthritis and they did all 14 surgeries on her. And then she realized it was Lyme disease. Um, and so she got involved in LDI and that's actually how I, how I learned about it. And because we're, you know, when Dr. Angles is within Connecticut, you know, hello, Lyme disease name for Connecticut. Um, <laughs> there's just so many amazing practitioners that are in the Northeast just because Lyme disease is, you know, like, I don't know, have a friend that has a dog that doesn't have Lyme disease. I mean, yeah. dogs get much better care, by the way. Um, <laughs> they know, nobody denies true. it. They don't deny it. They're not like, wow, we can't talk about Lyme disease. But when it comes to getting proper care, you have to stick with the treatment. But right. what I did find with LDI, we made a choice to try an aggressive version at the time and it backfired on us but our practitioner did inform us and i'm i'm a gambler i'm a g on the investing chart if anybody knows what that means you know <laughs> it was definitely worth it it was definitely a positive thing and it was one of the tools that helped shift us all those years ago it was definitely more than 10 years ago it was right when it came out we we started it right then because i always had my nose to the grind when people are really struggling and they're unsure of what to do next. What's your what's your best advice for a parent who's really unsure what their next steps are, whether they haven't tried anything or they've tried a lot? You know, how do you advise people when they decide to work with you? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, like I said, it's important to get someone who's got experience. I think, you know, this is something that as mom and Dr. Google trying to sort it out, you know, you don't get the feedback of, again, having seen a lot of people do these various kind of things. And again, if you go online, there's a lot of options out there. And again, some things work beautifully for one person, do absolutely nothing for the other. So the benefits of like you and I, having seen thousands of people, you know, we have a pretty good sense of what's most likely to help you, what's most likely not to help you, where should you invest your money, where should you avoid spending money on. And so having a, someone to really walk that path with you is really the, the most important thing. And then beyond that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, where's each person, where's each child at right now? Do we need a higher level of intervention because they're aggressive and it's dangerous? Or, you know, they're having mild symptoms and maybe we can be a little bit more patient and do something that might be a little bit more gentle. So it's really got to be a very individualized approach. I know we all like to have that 
yeah, what's that one thing that we can do for everybody that helps and it just doesn't exist, right? You know, we've got to find the things for each person that resonates if their body responds to and doesn't aggravate the situation. You know, I'm in the camp where I don't believe really there's anything out there that you have to get worse to get better. I don't think I totally agree with you, Dr. Angles. Like that healing response nonsense. No. Oh, you're going through a healing crisis. And I taught this when I was in naturopathic medical school, we talked about healing crisis. You know, in homeopathy, there can be a mild aggravation of old symptoms that can happen. But that's that's different than someone who's like, Falling off the wagon. I mean, you know, a destabilization is what I call it. Yeah, we don't. We no, no destabilization therapies. Yeah, so I try to avoid that if at all possible. Because again, I see the results. I see what it does to the child. I see what it does to the family dynamic, and it's 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 brutal. It's very yeah. mentally exhausting for parents and for the child to go through these destabilizing events. So I try to avoid it at all causes. Yeah. Now, and, and, and that's what experience gets you, Dr. Angles, like yeah. when you go to an experience provider. Not to say that nobody's ever destabilized with, with either one of us, but it's just much less likely to happen because ultimately you have a bio-individual, you know, entity and you have these infections and toxins and all these things working at the same time. And, you know, even when I do neurofeedback, I tell everybody, I mean, the the pan's brain is paradoxical, but now I know what the opposite is. And I train it in a way that a regular practitioner in whatever podunk place or even a fancy city is not going to have that knowledge unless you're doing it a lot. Right. And so, you know, having a strategist, a real guide, and I am a big fan of Google MD, but when it comes to your brain and your physical health, you need to have a provider. You do. But well, there are foundational things people should be doing. Good yeah. as clean and as would... as possible. You know, we talked about magnesium. We talked about, you know, basic supplements. You have to be very careful. And, you know, hydration, detoxification as safe as possible. And of course, calming your nervous system in any possible way that you can. I mean, these are these are foundational lifestyle components that doesn't matter if you have pants. We should all be doing these things. Yeah. Right. Well, and I want to say too, you know, find a provider you trust. I think one of the things that, that, you know, to have a provider is one thing, but how many trusts where, you know, don't get into going up to Dr. Google and then constantly always wanting to try these new things because you're just sure if what your provider's recommending is enough. You've got to have that person you feel confident in that's going to be that guide for you. Because I can't tell you how many times, you know, people have undermined themselves by going off and just doing some other thing. You and I were talking beforehand uh, about we have a mutual patient that went off and did something for their child with pans that just made them so much worse. Yeah. And And untested and untested and didn't consult. So like that's, that's important. And I believe very, I mean, you know, we've shared clients and um, I believe very much in doing things together. Right. But it has to be that right. It's got to be a dovetail and it has to be, you know, what's the right treatment at the right time. And I think a lot of times in the pants community and what you're saying, and you and I are saying the same thing, we're all chasing, we're chasing the thing, but sometimes that thing was there and we, you just didn't see it through enough. Patience ain't is not my virtue. And I'm a jump in a deep end kind of girl, not a walk down into the pool on the, you know, steps. And so, um, but, 
you know, we have to be mindful that, you know, often, even though that infection turned on overnight, like what felt like a turned on, when we do go back, I always see soft signs. And yeah. so that means there's a lot of factors in there. And, and even though that may feel overwhelming, it's also the opportunity to turn it around because we can address a lot of things. Right. So stop looking for the one thing and really stick to those foundational pieces, right? Would you say that to be true, Dr. Ingalls? Absolutely. You know, I always think of it like we're standing in the center of a wheel and there's all these spokes going out in different directions. So again, we're always kind of investigating all these things on the outside. But again, it's just really about finding again, what are those individual pieces for you that you know are going to start pulling things together? I love that. I'm going to have all your contact information in the show notes, but Dr. Angles, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Just go to my website, just DarrenIngallsND.com and all of our information and social media outlets are linked there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for all of your work and um, and really giving us such great information about LDI, something people don't really hear about. And I loved our conversation about mold, too, because we are it's more and more coming into people's awareness and they don't have an expert guiding us in that. So thank you so much. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Parenting is hard and there are many ups and downs. And when you have a kid whose brain is on fire, you need solutions. And I hope today we open your mind to different tools and strategies that can help your child thrive. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at.